0: Hi, I'm Tom Hendrickson from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today we're going to talk about Agile Fluency Model with Ahmed Avais. Ahmed, introduce yourself to the people here at Tech Career Talk.
1: Sure. So, my name is Ahmed Avais. I'm an Agile Coach. I am currently located in Raleigh, North Carolina, working in the FinTech sector. And uh, just, uh, just to give a highlight of my uh, career, so I have a technical background. When I said technical, I'm one of those people who coded in assembly Fortran 77 and C, uh, but eventually changed into different careers. And I've had been re- relentlessly pursuing agile software development and agility since 2008, 2009. So through many, many different careers, focusing more on agile coaching for the past five out of the 10 years. So this is where I am now. And uh, I work most of the time with teams. Um, I work as an agile coach where they actually have a dedicated scrum master. But then a lot of my work is also out of band scaling coaching, enterprise coaching, and executive coaching.
0: Wow. So you've been in a lot of different things through your kind of career journey, Ahmed. Well,
1: you know, in, uh, Agile fluency actually gives me that language to express it more accurately. So I've been doing deliberate practice, learning by doing. As I do practice, I need to develop new theory to balance it out with new practice. So yes. those deliberate practice has built that proficiency. And that required me to get my hands dirty and learn by doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I know from my background as well, being um, technical at times is, is, is helpful. But I think too, sometimes I wonder if it's, you know, we kind of, cling to paradigms and and models as as we're going to talk to here a little bit, maybe too long sometimes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, we we try to stay in our comfort zone, right? You know, a person with 10 years of Java development experience has probably three years of learning and seven years of coasting. Yeah. So the the magic happens on the edge. So that's why we say, hey, come on, let's take you out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very good, Ahmed. Well, Ahmed, today you want to talk to us about Agile, the Agile Fluency Model. But I think to start us off, let's, you know, let's describe that first. So because I'm sure some people might have heard it. I know I've heard it before, but I haven't dug deep on it, Ahmed, even myself. So I think it's probably good for you to kind of describe it to everyone, just kind of to level set first off.
1: Absolutely. So the Agile Fluency Model is a way we make sense of software development. So this is a, um it's 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 a slice of the real world and it has been so it's an effort from diana larson and james shore so mm-hmm. james shore and diana larson are you know for for the one or two people who don't know about them in the agile industry yeah and they, they they're luminaries they've written books about it they have 20 years of experience individually since agile started before even the agile manifesto was codified, they were operating in an agile manner and both mm-hmm. like from the Agile Retrospective Book to the Art of Agile Software Development. So they had a lot of experiences themselves. They started to codify that work in what yeah. became the Agile Fluency Model that was written as a white paper in 2012 in Martin Fowler's website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's been road tested by some some very, very experienced people. And then it has been re-edited to go back and correct, well, what does, does this make sense? So what the agile, road, agile Fluency Model provides is a pathway, a way to see observable efficiency. So, so we describe an Agile Fluency Model as looking at what is the natural progression of most teams that observe, literally mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of teams. And you can see that they tend to go through the same predictable manner. <laughs> so how do we codify that yeah. and where it is and how do we find it fit for purpose? So I will show the diagram in a, in a little bit as well. But the best way to understand an Azure Fluency model is to look at a transit map or mm-hmm. a bus bus map, right? Yeah. You need to go somewhere. You need to take a certain route. You don't want to overshoot and you don't want to undershoot, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to buy the bus ticket and that tends to be the leaders in the organization, the CIOs, the CFOs of the organization. Yeah. So once you have that bus ticket, you take the ride to the place you need to go. You don't over invest and you don't under invest. So how do we figure out where do we need to go and what is fit for our purpose? And that's Mm -hmm. what it does. So we found that teams that go from pre agile to these four zones, we call them focusing zone, delivering zone, optimizing and strengthening. Mm -hmm. We see that anybody who is in a particular zone has built proficiencies all the way back to all the previous zones and you could start them parallel just like you may you may have to pass through some areas you may have to develop proficiencies in other areas but those are supporting structures that will develop the core set of proficiencies in particular zones so, so the zone is a container yeah. uh, of particular observable proficiencies now observable proficiencies things that a team does now we're not talking about individual proficiency we're talking about team proficiencies which means the team as a whole can address that problem and yeah. even under pressure, they're not going to let go of those things. Sometimes the whole team can do it, exhibit that proficiency. And sometimes a few, two or three team members can exhibit that, but still as a whole, the team would do it. So for example, you know, uh, people, you know, you, you write your tests first, for example, in mm-hmm. your, in your development, but yeah. when the vice president is reading on your nose, or breathing on your neck that you drop all that and you just whatever with, you know, duct tape and bailing wire, get the code out of the door. Right. So that's not what we mean by proficiency. We mean by yeah. unconscious, like even under pressure, you don't forget those things that are good practices. Yeah. So this good collection of good practices. And if you like, I can, you know, uh, sure. I can, I think this is the point where I probably should give a visual as well. Yeah. So Notice that this, this is the Agile fluency model. So what we found, and again, we've not just, not just Jim, uh, Jim Short, Diana Larson, Adam Light, but even this has been trusted by Mary Poppendick. I mean, many people have provided input into this. And yeah. they said, well, our experience matches what you have created as a model. So we know some teams are in a pre-agile world and for some places that may be fine, mm-hmm. right? And then there's a focusing where they know the software engineer can express their work in business value, right? And then the delivering zone, this is where the CICD pipelines and some of those things come into play, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Then optimizing where you really have that product knowledge embedded in the team, where you can lead the market in product development. And then finally strengthening where all the decision making is decentralized. And this zone is, more is inappropriate for most large organizations this is the this is the experimental area Mm -hmm. where you know they may want to be like netflix or be like google but you know we say well you're not netflix or you're not google right so find fit for purpose now some people may mistake this as a maturity model right hey obviously we're here we all should be here right and that's where the mistake happens Mm -hmm. because we say well fit for purpose means that Where your team needs to be, again, not individual, not an organization, teams needs to be. If that is good enough, if two teams need to be delivering, we're going to pick up all the proficiencies and Mm -hmm. get them to deliberately practice and become masters of that and stay there. That's okay. But then seven teams need to be in the focusing zone within the same organization. That's perfectly okay. I don't need to take each team. So maturity model means that delivering is better than focusing. That is not correct. Right. Yeah. So depending on your parts and teams, everybody may have te- needs differently. Now we do have smells for what does that look like? What does, we you know, we call this zone also as fundamentals focusing, we mm-hmm. call delivering as agile sustainability and what optimizing is agile's promises. So when consulting companies sell agile, this is what they're promising. Yeah where leadership may only have patience for six to eight months. And then that's a mismatch of investment and expectation. Mm-hmm. It's also a way to have a conversation. Okay, where do you think you are? And what are the type of investment? What type of social capital? What type of attention to setting you're doing? Yeah. So, so again, that was, that was a lot to undertake. And hopefully uh, that has piqued your interest. And then there's a way to learn more deeply about this.
0: Yeah. No, Ahmed. This is, a, I think, a great uh, model. But how would we use it? I and mean, you mentioned you're a coach. I'm guessing you're using this a lot. Um, what are some scenarios where you use this?
1: So everyone has been doing it a little bit differently uh, and somewhat similar as well. So the way I've been applying it, so Agile Fluency for me is a suite of, um, you know, models, methods, and tools. Mm-hmm. So when I say suite, I mean there's the Agile Fluency diagnostic which you could do for a team level. And it's, it's a great structured conversation where the team bubbles up things yeah. in a way. So it's a crowdsourcing model of what their assessment is. But there's a way and method to do it. So I'm a licensed it's a facilitator for the diagnostic. And the, one of the first things I try to do is to do a diagnostic for me to baseline what they're saying and how that connects back. A lot Mm -hmm. of times they'll say, yeah, we do it. So it's always, but always means always, right? Even under pressure. What's it actually mean that you do it all the time? And then Mm -hmm. they say, well, no, this is there. These are the instances or this is the incident. And some of the pre-interviews before you go into that two hour session for diagnostic is helpful because then you can pick up on those events and incidences and try to anchor it back to their work. So the Mm -hmm. diagnostic is one thing. The model is, this is the model, and there's the white paper, there's much more detail, how to use language that leaders understand. A lot of the agile coaches, people who are beautiful technical coaches, I mean, technical coaches are those rare unicorns, Mm -hmm. right? But even those guys, they make the mistake that they have difficulty talking to senior leadership, Yeah. right? So this gives you the framework to start talking about those things that matter, right? Mm So like a return on investment, what, is, what, is, what does alignment look like? What, what are the things that are measurable smells? Like yeah. what, and what are the unobtrusive measures that I, if I walked in the team and I saw this, I know what's going on. So the visibility. So this is the second, the model, the white paper. And then the last thing is the agile fluency game. And it just happens so that uh, nine out of 10 times when I'm doing an agile fluency related engagement, it's really the game. And the game yeah. itself is, is beautifully designed by Arlo Belshi, James Shore. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, uh, it codifies at, at, at two and a half years of an yeah. agile adoption for a team. And we try to, through like, you know, people who are facilitators who are experienced, mm-hmm. they try to like, keep on reinforcing that, hey, play it as if it was your own software project. Yeah. And then some of those things become emerging. And the real value is in the debrief. Mm-hmm. Because many teams will fail within the first year yeah. because they're, they're over-optimized feature building and then the maintainability goes so crazy that they cannot build any new things. So really, there's there's a lot of interesting game dynamics and real-world-ish situations that they built into it mm-hmm. that goes down the same path. just so a solved puzzle. Yeah. You, and so it's, it is a way to win it. But you have to be very, very deliberate. So this is this is what I do. So I a lot of times when teams are like you know kind of um, in a different place, of i um, take advantage of the learning opportunity. Other times, their leaders want to know the team. The team doesn't really want to know because they'll they'll all say we we all know what's going on. We just we all know, right? Yeah. And then we have the conversations. Oh, that's interesting. Half the team believes that you never do this. Half the team believes you always do this. Yeah. Right. So prioritization is happening. How is that happening? So why mm-hmm. is there this disconnect thing? yeah and then 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 you basically why is there a disconnect and then you go back and basically jot that down, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of thought and uh, practical aspects of it that mm-hmm. go into it where you open up the suite and then you create a practice map okay so for for say whatever your target period is a year, six months, three months. And then what are the individual increments of fluency? And these are the things that you need to be adopting. So you give practical advice. And if you read the art of agile software development, mm-hmm. right, there's a lot of those that have been codified into agile fluency models. A lot of XP practices have been codified. A lot of those, you know, even, even so, some, some of the newer work, like sociocracy, right? So sociocracy lives in the strengthening zone. So when you talk about the book, Bossa Nova, and Bassa Nova talks about beyond budgeting, agile fluency, and sociocracy, and open space. They actually they they also mention agile fluency model. So there's a ways that you bring in whole organizational agility using these suite of tools. And I've been able to do it either overtly or a lot of time I do it incognito, which means maybe I'm I I've been told that I have to use a certain type of assessment. But then I use that to feedback as a coach into the suite that I have available to make sense of it and to advise them on what the best platform for them is with a place of help instead of imposition.
0: So Ahmed, I have a question for you here as you're you're kind of going through and you've applied um, using the agile fluency model. Have you ever had maybe a surprising outcome or things went in a different direction?
1: Absolutely. So it's a, we've, there's a lot of times where what the leaders want or what they think they want and what they need is, is there's a gap in that. Mm-hmm. And when the organization is not quite ready to spend the social capital, do the organizational changes, do the managerial changes, right? If they're not yeah. quite ready to get rid of that annual performance reviews, right? If they're not quite ready to do all of that, agile fluency is not going to do magic for them. So if mm-hmm. they, they are have found the zone that is fit for their purpose, but they're not willing to do the investment that needed. Right? Yeah. And going back to the bus model, if, you know, you are going to take a bus ride, you have a clear path plotted out from work to home and you're going to do it efficiently, you're going to enjoy the journey, but then somebody still needs to purchase the bus ticket.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. And and if that is not there, then it goes back into the hand babyness. You know, agile fluency model, we say don't do like just be agile, you know, just adopt an agile mindset. And so we want to avoid that. We mm-hmm. want to avoid this hand babyness. We we want them to actually invest. And a lot of times you'll find that the practices that when I will create an assessment and I'll do a report back to the management management and say, well, this is what you need to be doing. And will you be committed to doing for the measurable benefit that you've asked me to articulate and plan out for, or talk to the team about, and we kind of engage the team, let the team say those words, give them the, give them the language that can, that can be understandable, and amplify that. Yeah. And, in so in, in, in doing so, what we find out that you know there's 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 missed opportunities when when people are not willing to say sacrifice sitting arrangements, right? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, I'll I'll give a tangible advice. Hey, looks like these clearly uh, the UX team, some members of the UX team, and some members of the yeah. API team have a need to talk to each other, mm-hmm. right? And when you say agile space, we don't talk about cubicles, but you know. We we created these new Azure spaces, which yeah. are still cubes but just lower height, yeah. right? And when we say, well, we we want them to be more in a mobbing, swarming kind of, have their own room to them, and mm-hmm. they say, well, we can't do that. Or yeah. well, and well, how about talking about handoffs? You know, your offshore, inshore mix. Understand that you can you can have a distributed team, but that you really have to open up that virtualized, rich virtual environments. And if you're not willing to make that investment rich virtual environment say mural or uh what's the other Miro, mural and those yeah. you know those online tools if they're not willing mm-hmm. to make that investment in audio video yeah. know that that will help you get closer mm-hmm. and you can do it but if the investment is not there yeah. then it's just you know that's just you know you figure it out right yeah. so, without me actually investing anything in that
0: mm-hmm. yeah interesting so Ahmed. Where, if somebody wants to learn a little more about the agile fluency model, should they go?
1: So there's uh, so the, my first recommendation is go to the uh, go to agilefluency.org. Okay. And agilefluency.org has the white paper, has a 10-minute video, mm-hmm. which beautifully describes in much more detail than what I've done justice to. The white paper on Martin Fowler's website. There's an ebook that's been released, okay. workshops are coming up. So there's always something going on, agilefluency.org. Mm-hmm. is the place to start.
0: All right. We'll link all that up in the show notes. Um, Ahmed, any closing thoughts?
1: No, this is just an exciting time. I appreciate all the work that you put in. I mean, I've been, you know, they say, like long-time lurker, first-time uh, first <laughs> worker, caller. So the, this is kind of my state. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be on the other end uh, for a change. But, you know, love it and love to be part of this community, learning and growing every single day.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on Ahmed. Absolutely. If you have any questions, please email me at tom at myitcareercoach.com and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. On behalf of Ahmed of us, I'm Tom Hendrickson from myitcareercoach.com where we build great tech careers and thanks for watching Tech Career Talk.